All right, everybody, welcome back to the Agents of Comic Book Podcast. My name is Paul. And I'm Eric. That's right, and we're here to uh, do the new Suicide Squad uh, shit. That movie came out on HBO uh, a couple weeks ago. Yep. So it is our time to review that. We picked. We actually have done Suicide Squad before. Um, we did. That was like... Was that within the year? No, that was before, way before even uh, COVID started. Oh, really? Yeah, because we. Oh, I remember we had uh, Dan from the uh, the now uh, Gate Crashers podcast uh, come on and join us for, to talk about the uh, the original oh, Suicide right. yeah, Squad yeah. movie. And then we read like a really shitty New Fifty Two Suicide Squad book. Yep. Um. So we have done that movie already. Go back and find that episode. Uh. But we're here to talk about the the much better movie and uh, pick out a different book to read. Um, also, a much better comic. I mean, not the best yeah. thing ever, but definitely much better. It was than a that. step up for sure. Definitely much better than that new Fifty Two book we read. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So the plan today is to read uh, Suicide Squad issues number one through eleven, written by Tom Taylor and art by uh, Bruno Redondo, uh, and then we're going to be after that watching the movie, the recent release of uh, James Gunn's Suicide Squad or The Suicide Squad. So we haven't decided what we're going to be doing next week. Um, we had a couple ideas floating around, because I know we have one open week coming up after this, after this episode, and then after that, we're going to be, uh, that'll be right after the Shang-Chi movie, so we're definitely going to be doing that afterwards. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then actually, after that, we're, we're going to have another week for a one-off, uh, only because after that starts uh, October, where we can do our, oh, uh, goddamn, our, yeah. our horror-themed episodes. Yep. So that's going to be the plan. We still have so we have two open weeks to fill. We I don't think we still know yet what we're going to be doing for the next episode. We floated around a couple ideas. Yeah. If nothing else, we could always do the what if show, which by then we'll have I think three episodes out. Is it just the one right now? Yeah, it's just the one. When do those come out? On Wednesdays, I think. Gotcha. Okay. Um, right now, yeah, the only one that's out that as of we're recording this is the uh, the Peggy Carter Captain America one. Okay. Um, which is fine. I mean, I, mean, I don't want to go too much into it. I thought it was a decent enough episode. Like it was fine, but yeah, it was like so fast paced and like got to a point at the end where I was like, okay, because are they like twenty five minute episodes? Yeah, that's like a it? half hour show. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Um, yeah, you gotta condense it a bit. You're trying to tell like a whole movie <laughs> within like a half hour. It's, yeah. It's really fast. You gotta skip to the end at <laughs> yeah. some points. Um, so I don't know. We'll see how a lot of the other ones are. I, I'm a little bit worried because the one thing I don't want to get too much into it, but <laughs> the one thing that worries me is like what ifs are usually the most interesting if it's like a drastically different what if. Yeah, you know, something like, that's beyond convention. Yeah, like a what if Thanos won or something like that. You know, where it changes yeah. everything. Or but, Thanos wanted to double the population. Right. <laughs> but these other the what ifs that they have planned, at least the ones I'm seeing in the episode list, are all just like. What if this person became this hero instead, which is not that different? Yeah, because isn't another one just like T'Challa being Star-Lord? Star-Lord? Yeah, so it, yeah, they're just like swapping roles. And I think another one is like Peter Parker being like the Sorcerer Supreme or something like that. Okay. So it's just like they're just telling the same movie but with a different character, <laughs> which is not that going to be that different. No, it's going to usually be the same resolutions. Like like the one we like the episode that came out is basically just like Peggy Carter like becoming Captain America through different circumstances. It's pretty much just just going through the motions and kind of playing out Captain America, but like a okay. little bit different, like the first Avenger. Interesting. It's yeah. literally just like a little bit different all the way through. And I was like, okay, cool. I'm not having a bad time, <laughs> but this is random as shit. It's not the worst thing I've seen. Right. Um, so we'll see. I'm, I'm hoping there's some more ballsy, like, uh, what ifs where they're really like, just go all out there. Yeah, I don't know that. why you wouldn't just go crazy and just make it fun. Yeah. Like, you don't, don't have to take it super seriously. Yeah, exactly. 
Um, so hopefully that gets better. We'll know in a few weeks if we end up doing that. Uh, if it's if it's really boring, I don't think we're going to talk about it at all. Yeah. Uh, but we'll see uh, what we because I thought that way. I was feeling that way about Loki as well in the first couple episodes. I was like, I don't True. even know if yeah. I want to do this on the podcast because it's not doing anything for me. I have nothing to say. Yeah, they can't blow the load early. So, right. but then could, Loki turned could get better. Loki turned me around. So then, oh my god, he turned me around. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so if you have a suggestion for what you want us to do in those two empty weeks we have, you can follow us over at uh, over at Twitter, have, <laughs> over on the, the Twitter, the prestigious handle at Twitter. Uh, no, we're <laughs> at Agents of Podcast over on Twitter. If you want to hit us up and you know give us a suggestion of what we should read and or watch, uh, we will very well likely do those. Um, but in the meantime, we're going to get started on our book for the week, which, like I mentioned, is uh, this book is relatively recent. This came out in 2019. This is Suicide Squad, written by Tom Taylor. Yeah, uh, I was really reminded how recent it was because one of the issues, even on the digital, the digital, yeah, like uh, <laughs> one of the early like ad pages is like Superman holding the. Uh, the, oh, with Wonder Woman. Yeah, with yeah. Wonder Woman. It's like social distancing. It's yep. like, oh, cringe. Yeah, so that's that's one thing you get to experience with the DC Universe app is you get to see all the ads. Yep. That's something that Marvel doesn't do, but like you get the real experience here. Oh, definitely. They cut out all the third-party ads, though, which is really fortunate, so you don't see like a big ad for like impractical jokesters halfway through. <laughs> yeah, that would be a little uh, little affronting. Yeah, it's, uh, it, it's, it's pretty ugly sometimes, uh, but... The uh, you know what's not ugly is this uh, Bruno Redondo art. Oh yeah, because that is pretty much the big thing I was focused on reading through all of this. Is holy shit. Yeah, like, colors, wanna... colors too, which oh, was sure. Adriano Lucas. Yeah, and yep. letters Wes Abbott. Yep. Yeah, the whole like art team here was, was fucking amazing, and like the the panel like selection and like the way that they did panels was especially good as well. Oh yeah. Um. It, it gives off, like, I don't want to call it, it's a very, like, action movie vibe. It has a very cinematic feel, especially the way they open each issue. Yeah, definitely. Uh, it's very cool. Yeah, it's very explodey heavy. Yep. Uh, so that, that's just one thing I want to call out, is if nothing else, this this book has uh, some fantastic art going for it. Yeah, it, just, it looks great throughout. Mm-hmm. It starts out with, uh, just to like, kind of get my point across here, it starts out with like this like Suicide Squad submission. We've, it's not literally them yet, but yeah, yeah. Um, it's this new squad who we get to meet um, in Australia. I'm pretty sure Tom Taylor picked Australia as the setting for this book just because that's where he's from. Oh, gotcha. So he got to pull a lot of references. <laughs> and they're basically just like kidnapping this general, and they like drop him off of a sub, and there's a really great just paneling of him just like falling down on the right side while the other two characters talk, and then just like this red splash on the top of the submarine. Yeah, this book definitely doesn't hold back on gore. There's actually a part in a later issue where they have to censor something. <laughs> I think that, that was part of the joke. Or was it intentional? Yeah, because okay. the comics code is not around anymore. So oh, they, that's right, yeah. They're just putting the stamp over his head. It's just like a kind of like Deadpool-y kind of joke. Gotcha, yeah. gotcha. Um, but yeah, that, that's at the end when they kill this douchebag we're about to meet. <laughs> um, they A couple of the characters who were introduced to, it's basically like a team of like revolutionaries of different uh, like you know super enhanced people. Um, and that may or may not be what they end up calling themselves. We have a couple of characters here. Uh, Jog, who is a uh, speedster. He he's like can run really fast, but he also has to take like periods where he has to like nap and like eat to like recover that speed. Yeah, it's it's like the slacker Flash. Um, we have a uh, Deadly Six, who's pretty cool. He can uh, like basically uh, amplify the powers of like one of the deadly sins towards you. Yeah, it's an interesting one. Yeah. Uh, we have a uh, a couple of people who just like are, are pretty good, just like hand to hand fighters. Um, uh, uh, Airy and um, and what was her name? Blink? No, Blink is someone Wink. else. Wink. Wink. That's what it is. Yep. Uh, two teleporters with very close names. I don't like that. <laughs> right. <laughs> 
Uh, and then TNT, of course, who we should not forget, but even though they spoil what happens to him uh, right here, they say his power is exploding, and that will happen very soon to uh, the unfortunate TNT. Yep. Uh, we do also have Scale and Finn. Uh, Finn is a character who I believe originated in Young Justice. Okay. I think that's his first appearance, but I might be wrong. Yeah, they're kind of um, just like Creature of the Black Lagoon looking guys. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, Look like probably like Aquaman related. Yeah. Um, And uh, one of them just gets instantly killed in a very brutal way. <laughs> yeah. Just eaten by not uh, King Shark, but the, the shark. The shark. <laughs> I, I get why they chose him now, because they wanted them to be a bad guy. Yeah, um, true. And yeah. You, like you can't do King Shark like like the way that they did him, and like he's he's this is like a cruel as fuck shark. Oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah. this is like a psychopath shark. Right, like, exactly. A pure psychopath shark. So that's that's I think why they chose a different character. Yeah, because yeah, we do it get introduced because that threw me off as well. Where it's like I see a big shark in the background, I'm like, okay, this makes sense. Yeah, the shark. I'm like, <laughs> wait, who's a, that? Is that someone different? Is that like his cousin or? <laughs> um, and we have Deadshot and Harley Quinn, who are usually here on the Suicide Squad. Uh, Magpie, who I believe we've talked about on the podcast before, believe it or not. Yeah, pretty sure. Uh, in the uh, Batwoman show. Oh, yep. Oh, yep. yep. Totally. Magpie uh, doing the crimes. Yep. Uh, she shows up here very briefly. Very, very briefly. Uh, we do also have Cavalier, who's basically just like a uh, Three Musketeers kind of swordsman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Zebraman, who uh, does shields. That's pretty much his role in this story. He does shields. Yep. Um, <laughs> they don't really have him do a lot more. Why he looks like a zebra with a mohawk, no one knows. No one knows. Um, and it starts out actually with a twist. Uh, Amanda Waller's basically not going to be in this book at all, which is a little disappointing, but yeah. I get they wanted to have like an antagonist you could actually like beat up and kill. Yeah, that you can hate. Yeah, like, like purely. You, you could do the same story with Amanda Waller, but then that's like the last story you do with Amanda Waller. Yeah, definitely. Because <laughs> then she's fucking dead. Um, so that's why they had to switch the character here. It makes sense. Um, but, but yeah, we basically get this new guy coming in to take over the Suicide Squad. So they're sent in initially against these kind of like revolutionary teens out here in uh, in Australia. And that's when, like I mentioned, uh, Scale like literally gets eaten by the shark. That's, yeah. one, of, that's one of the first <laughs> things we see. Uh, and his brother's like, you were a good brother. And then gets like eaten and crunched in half. <laughs> I'm like, half. holy shit. <laughs> yeah, and then later on too, like... Uh, when they're just like in opposing cages next to each other, he's like, and because uh, uh, Finn, who's the one that survives? Finn. Yeah, yeah. Finn can like, he's a telepath. So, they both are, yeah. Yeah, so he's listening into his thoughts. He's like, uh, he's like, do you want to know what it felt like when I ate your brother? Yeah, it's like, holy like, shit. Jesus Christ. Uh, but thankfully, the shark does get his comeuppance. Again, oh, that's, yeah. why, that's why you couldn't use uh, King Shark. It's because this guy has to fucking die. Oh, definitely, yeah. Uh, they end up killing a couple people in the Suicide Squad. Of course, a couple people who no one cared about. Cavalier and uh, Magpie. Sorry, Magpie. You made two appearances in this podcast. I don't know how many you're going to make. <laughs> <laughs> They're always pretty quick. It's already more than I expected. Because <laughs> um, there's this panel where uh, Osita, like punches Cavalier in the back of his head with her metal arm. And literally, it's just like this big bloody splash with like his eyeballs <laughs> floating. Yeah. Another really, really, really great page. With like her metal arm where his head used to be. And like all the art of uh, the Eerie and Wink is always really great because he has like these like giant kind of like blue and purple like colored wings it looks it looks awesome and like her teleportation looks really cool all the time yeah for sure um but yeah as i uh foreshadowed before uh the new guy comes in the new leader of the suicide squad and activates a brain bomb just to kind of show show he means business and kills tnt his whole thing was exploding but in the end uh he could not stop himself from exploding it's ironic <laughs> hey we all have that problem sometimes yeah that's right <laughs> 
as this comic goes on, you kind of get uh, we get the idea that this team uh, kind of is uh, benefiting from being here. Like this was part of their plan, like getting to the Suicide Squad specifically. Yep. Um, because we find out that a lot of them are actually uh, victims of the Suicide Squad. You know, the, the things they have done across the world, like yeah. all their missions and shit, like leaving like you know blood in their wake. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of them have come here for this reason, and uh, they're all able to kind of get this past um, their leaders in the Suicide Squad by like t- talking telepathically using using uh, they. Were or using Finn and Scale, but now just using Finn. Yeah, uh, to kind of talk telepathically and get this secret out. Um, and at one point, they uh, they shoot the person that they're trying to like escort out for the mission. Like they just shoot him in the head, and Deadshot's there and sees it, and uh, Deadshot doesn't say anything. Yeah, because they're trying to overthrow uh, this one like uh, regime that they had and insert this new like puppet president. And the president they're actually sent to assassinate ends up being um I can't remember her name. Uh, Ari or was it Winks? Uh, uh Ari, yeah. Yeah. It turns out being Ari's mom. Right. So and it, because their country it, it turns out is sitting on top of like the biggest oil reserve that's left on the planet. Right. But if they mine it then like the island is gonna like sink yeah, beneath the water. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna cause, you know, climate bullshit. So um they, so it's an interesting twist where like these are actually kind of like double agents, and then Harley Quinn and Deadshot are like the two ones on the outside being like. There's a really yeah, great part. They're where, the only uh, two in like this uh, standing Suicide Squad that are complete pieces of yeah, shit. They're so. kind of like the supervisors, <laughs> which, which at one point they kind of call Harley out for that. Yeah, uh, where uh, she's like, uh, you're, "You're like the uh, you're representing the establishment right here. I don't know if we can trust you." And Harley's yeah. like, "What? I'm, I'm the, the establishment." <laughs> <laughs> she's like dumbfounded. And like from that moment on, she's like, "Wait, no, fuck this." <laughs> Uh, Deadshot's uh, motivations are a little more uh, complex, obviously, because he has his uh, his daughter, which is always the hook for him being in the Suicide yeah. Squad. Yeah. Because um, at one point, they uh, there's a really great issue where they tell him to- Which uh, is basically why Bloodsport was just Deadshot in the new Suicide Squad, just right. under a different name. Well, I, <laughs> not to talk about the movie too early, but that was kind of how- It was originally written to be Deadshot. Originally, oh, really? Idris Elba was going to be recasting- uh, uh, Deadshot. Yeah. He was just going to play the same character. So that's okay. why a lot of those plot hooks are still there. Gotcha. But eventually WB decided they wanted to keep that door open for like Will Smith to maybe come oh. back eventually. So they decided to change the character. That makes sense. Um, and James Gunn like, uh, liked Bloodsport better anyway. So just ended up using that. Okay. Um, but that's the reason why for that. Why though that's, that, that's so similar. Um, oh yeah. I don't want to skip over this great part where, uh, where Finn gets his revenge because they're, they're, uh, him and, Sh- uh, the shark were told to like swim under like and sneakily go in that way mm-hmm. but he uses telepathy and just like first he stabs king shark with his own tooth just to get like blood floating in the water and then like he can't command fish with his telepathy but he can like he says Draw i can them. ask them kindly yeah <laughs> uh and like literally uh the shark just gets devoured by yeah. all these sharks it's very poetic <laughs> They go, hey man, I couldn't do anything. I couldn't control them. Yeah, it's hey, they're hungry. Um, there's a, a issue that I really liked where uh, they're kind of like sent to go after Captain Boomerang, which I thought was a cool objective. Where it's like, no, we're trying to like you know clean up these loose ends. Captain Boomerang's out there telling everyone about the Suicide Squad. Yeah, because the Suicide Squad is kind of not a thing that can exist if the Justice League knows about it. Yeah, yeah. Because if it if those two things exist at the same time, then the Justice League are just a bunch of like fucking like uh, bootlickers who are just like, yeah, I don't want to upset the you know the government. I guess I just have let the Suicide Squad do their thing. Yeah, and Superman, please. Which Osita like even calls out 
quote unquote Superman for it later. She's like, you all you guys do is uphold the status quo. Like you're just a bunch of phonies. Right. Um so it's like the if the Justice League so whenever you write a Suicide Squad story, you have to kind of make sure that it's not established that the Justice League knows they exist. That has to be yeah. a secret. Yeah. Um, otherwise, it doesn't make sense. Um, they've made that mistake before, but, and then they had like literally a scene with uh, Amanda Waller and Batman in a basement where Batman's like, all right, I'll allow it this time, Waller. You've done some good things, but we'll keep an <laughs> eye on you. Well, what? That's, well, Batman even kind of says that later on, too. Oh, or no, yeah. or Superman does. Oh, yeah, because they do run into Batman. I forgot. Yeah. yeah, they actually do run into him, and they're like, well, like, I have, you How have done some good them? things, but, yeah. Oh, <laughs> but, I forgot about that. Oh, my yeah. God, you're right. They kind of just throw away the entire message at the end by just being like, well, what are you going to do? There are some, <laughs> that last issue did have some questionable parts. It did. That's kind of what I was afraid going in with this comic, is like, that's kind of like a Tom Taylor-ism. Yeah, It's yeah. like his politics in, in writing comics are not great. It's very much always like a, what are you going to do? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we can't do anything too crazy, so we got to live with it. Things are pretty bad, but whoa, that's nuts. <laughs> no. Yeah, because yeah, through a lot of this, Some it of your seems characters like... understand this better. <laughs> exactly. Like, a lot of, like, moments shine through where, like, you think it's going to hit, like, a milestone, and then it just throws it away. Right, because the comic is kind of trying to play them off as, like, naive teenagers who are, like, trying to do too much, but it's like, no, they're, the, they're right. <laughs> right. So, yeah, that's one thing I was worried about going into this comic, and, like, it, they, it was was going pretty well uh there's a part later where like superman comes in but it turns out to later be black mask in disguise and like superman is like well uh you know you guys are doing great things still you know in, in other countries uh, for, for a great country i don't you know? always approve of the methods but <laughs> i was like this is very weird but yeah it ends up not being superman so i was like okay but then yeah. at the end it doesn't matter yeah but at the end that exactly basically the same message i think from superman i think later on batman ends up saying it but yeah it, it, it's he's in the room but superman and wonder woman the whole justice league show oh, yeah. up at the end yep <laughs> They're like, oh, hey, you guys are a thing. Have a nice day. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's pretty cool for a little bit because they have to, like, go after Captain Boomerang, which puts Deadshot and Harley in a weird position because, like, they kind of like him. Uh, Deadshot even at first refuses the mission because he's like, I'm not going to kill, like, Boomerang. Like, we've worked together too too long. Like, you know, it's like Band of Brothers. Like, yep. you know, I'm not doing that. And again, we're getting, like, the, the Australian. Like, there's, like, a lot of, like, Australian trivia. In this oh, comic. definitely. <laughs> Um, so yeah, they end up bringing Captain Boomerang in, um, like bring him, bring him in alive, like the mission said. Uh, and then the uh, the boss basically tells him, like, all right, now that you've brought him in, shoot him in the head. And Deadshot. De- yeah, Deadshot's like, uh, no, I don't want to do that. He's like, if you don't, I'm adding a year to your sentence. He's like, that's that's <laughs> bullshit. What the fuck is this? <laughs> And, um, yeah, this, this character throughout the book is, it's pretty boring at Facebook. I mean, later on it like transfers to like the people, uh, people above him, but yeah, like yeah. he's literally just like, hey, if you don't do what I say, I won't kill you now, but I'll give you the shockies. And he just like <laughs> electrocutes him every now and then just to be like, it's time for punishment. Right. <laughs> and it's like, okay, this is getting a little boring. Um, but at least he does like die pretty early here. Cause like the first thing that happens is uh zebra man like disables the shield. Um, well, no, Deadshot shoots him, oh, and yeah, then he right. loses the shield. That that threw me off, because later on, Zebra Man's working with them. Yeah. So th- that actually threw me off, because at first it looked like he got shot, and then I was like, well, he's working with them. Maybe he did men- mean to disable it, but that that's just a little strange then. Yeah. No, um, I think after, once like everything went down, Zebra Man... I guess if you guys like, are going to win, I'm with you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I don't want to go against the people who shot me. I would keep an eye on Zebra Man at all times. <laughs> right. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, the force field gets disabled and Deadshot just fucking, all right, 
yep. immediately kills him. And yeah, they they do a cool thing with the art where they put the comics code authority like sticker right over where his head would blow up, <laughs> which is a, a pretty cool idea. Um, and he they go to activate all the brain bombs because they they're obviously they're in full like rebellion mode now. And he uh, the speedster um, jog yeah jog goes to like go around and grab all the brain bombs and snatches most of them, but he doesn't get the last one. Yeah. Um, and because he went so fast, he's still got like a couple seconds, so he's able to like say goodbye to his friends, which is kind of like a uh, it's a cool shot. He's, yeah. he's like, well, like it, it was a good life, and then he like does like a, a hand clap with uh, Osita, and then it's just like a shot of them like holding hands with his head exploding. Yeah, it, it's brutal, but it is kind of like a, a cool yeah. like the way they do the art makes it like less kind of like you would think that would be a very strange scene but they make it actually kind of like impactful and cool yeah it's it, like it's surprisingly heroic for how yeah. bleak it is <laughs> um so that's that's one thing they did well in this is like using kind of like you know making it seem like a rated r movie for lack of a better word but yeah. doing it in a way that didn't seem like it, it would fit with everything we were watching yep um so i didn't mind that at all um, a weird twist that we get partway through here, which had me wondering if I like needed to catch up on where DC Comics were, <laughs> yeah. um, is like they find out who's behind all this, and it's Ted Cord, who um, I don't know if you know this, but he's the <laughs> when I got this, it like came on the screen. It was like, "Hello, Ted Cord," and I was like, "Who the hell is that?" <laughs> <laughs> he's the Blue Beetle. Oh, gotcha. Um, that yeah. makes sense. So when I saw this, I was like, "Wait, what the fuck?" Did yeah, because they, they talk about it later. Did DC like make him a bad guy? Did I miss something? Because I, I haven't read a lot of recent DC comics okay. for, like the last couple years. So I was like, did I? Like, do I need to go back and read like Dark Knight's Metal? Because I really don't want to do that. <laughs> um, but it turns out, yeah, he's he's being like uh, uh, impersonated by yeah, Roman this is, what, So is this is this is this Black is Cyanus. Yeah, yeah, even right now, okay, yeah, that's what I figured. Yep. Um, so they're kind of like using his image and his kind of because he is a very wealthy yeah, kind of influence. like CEO. Like that is who Ted Cord is. Yep. Um, so they're kind of using that as a, a twist. Um, which yeah struck me as a, I, I was instantly wondering if I had like needed to catch up on something. <laughs> He's a bad guy now. Um, but thankfully they tie it all together in the end. Um, this is the the weird part where Batman catches on um, because there's a giant bounty on all of these people, and he he obviously recognizes Harley and Deadshot even if he doesn't recognize the others. Yep, and uh, chases them down. Where uh, basically uh, the rest of them get away. They even steal the Batmobile, which was pretty funny. Yeah. Um, and then Deadshot has like this again. The art is always great in this. Like this Batman fight between him and Deadshot is fucking awesome. Oh yeah, that was amazing. Like the, just the way that they have like it's uh, it'll go between like a nine panel grid. Actually, I think a lot of it's all nine panel grid for this part. It yeah. breaks up a little bit. But yeah, it, it's it's very cool. And uh, it basically ends with. Uh, it's a, a a bit that ended up paying off because they uh, they give Deadshot a dog like this dog they rescued. Yeah, it's like here, Batman's not going to punch you if you're holding a dog. <laughs> it's like you know what that could might, work probably fair. <laughs> uh, and that's literally what Deadshot does. He's like, wait, and like picks up a puppy and like holds it up. And Batman's like, I'm not going to punch a puppy. What what do you want? And it finally gets him to like talk. Right. Where uh, he's able to, like, get across, like, no, like, me and Harley were supposed to be free. Our sentence has ended. Mm-hmm. Um, like, we should be walking, but they're, like, they're basically keeping us as slaves right now. Um, and Batman's like, well, all right, well, you should stop being an assassin then. If you're a free man, if, you, if you're, if you're going to stop being an assassin, then we're good. Yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> like, you're going to do that, right? Okay. Eh, maybe. Uh, maybe. <laughs> yeah. But then uh, that, again, raises the question for me is like, in this continuity, does Batman know what the Suicide Squad is then? He must. He literally he, says Task Force X yeah, by got, name. Why so are he, they not doing something about this? <laughs> like, they know. Is Batman afraid to break the law? <laughs> what? That, that doesn't track with me. Oh, God. Like, what's the what, what's Amanda Waller going to do if Batman personally goes and shuts down the Suicide Squad? Literally, what is she going to do? Yeah. <laughs> Who's she going to call for help? No one knows who he is. That's the whole point. Goddamn. Oh, goodness. Bruce, come on, man. 
Um, and yeah, so Deadshot goes home and we find out that his daughter has kind of been like emulating him. Uh, she calls herself Liveshot. He's actually gotten pretty good with a bow, which is kind of lame. It is, but I mean, it 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 is what it is. What are you like going to like bring people alive with your bullets? (laughs) I don't think that's how it works. Yeah, they just take non-lethal shots. (laughs) See, that's why they call me Live Shot because you're alive. (laughs) You're in immense pain, but you're alive. (laughs) Better get that treated, or else you give me a bad name. She's going the archery way because she's going to oppose guns. So I mean, it's kind of cool in sentiment, but it's just a lame kind of sounding name. I don't want to cut past this part though, where she comes downstairs in costume, and then she we find out that she also has uh, dressed up the dog in a costume as well. He's wearing oh yeah, a little cape and goggles. Yeah, he's got like ski goggles on. I don't want to skip past that part because again, fantastic. Oh yeah. Well, this scene is ridiculous because then like the TV flashes on and it shows like a huge bounty for uh, Deadshot and everyone else, and then his wife's freaking out. And then the FBI show up imme- immediately. Yeah. And then he's getting roughed up, like getting arrested. He immediately surrenders, but of course he's getting roughed up, which is true to nature. Oh, yeah. And then his daughter comes out and shoots one of the FBI soldiers in the leg with an arrow. <laughs> with an arrow. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> to get away from my dad. Be like, what the fuck? Uh, yeah, maybe. I mean, I, I guess that was probably her idea. It's like, I'll shoot one of them in the leg and then dad will grab a gun and go off. Yeah. Um, which he almost he almost clutches the whole thing. But he pretty much does. Wink yeah. ends up saving the day because she teleports in and takes uh, his daughter out of the way of a bullet. Oh, yeah, because this cop's about to, like, empty his clip into his daughter, and he's like, fuck that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, like, yeah, takes them all out. And then that's when the other Suicide Squad, like, the uh, the revolutionaries jump in uh, and uh, and save him. Because like, they're like, no, like, you helped us. Like, you're part of our squad now. <laughs> like, we're your dad's friends. Like, my dad has friends. <laughs> And they go over like a lot of the uh, the individual origins for a lot of these characters as well. We don't need to talk about all of them, but like it does make me kind of like wish that like I do hope that a lot of uh, writers do keep these characters around because I think this is like good potential for sure. Yeah, because uh, I mean, new comic book characters are tough to stick. Definitely, yeah. Like they tried that. There was like a whole year of DC where they kept trying like all these new books and all these new characters, and yep. literally none of them stuck. Oh man, none of them. Like, not a single one. So I was like, oh, boy. It's not promising. It's it's super hard. Like I can think of only, like, since the year 2000, there's maybe been, like, three, like, characters that have, like, been invented and, like, became incredibly popular. Gotcha. Like, it's, like, Miss Marvel, like, Spider-Gwen, and, like... Yeah, those are offshoots, like, just different variants, kind of, like, already established characters. Yeah, Spider-Gwen, for sure. Miss Marvel's more her own thing. But, That's true, um, yeah. Yeah, that one's pretty unique. But Spider-Gwen, yeah, definitely. It's just a, another Spider-Man character. Yeah, but yeah, because they in this in this issue they focus a lot on the wink and the area, and I'd say out of the like besides like Deadshot and Harley, like in the supporting cast, I'd say the area and the wing probably stood out the yeah, most. Yeah, they to they me. were the ones I I think I was the most invested in. Yeah, for sure. And the seven deadly sins guy, just because his power is cool. Like <laughs> yeah, he's just he's just uh, full of personality. Right. Well, and uh, Finn, I actually, he grew on me just because of how metal he is. Because after oh, watching definitely. Young Justice, I was not expecting this, where he's like, I'm going to torture you with an octopus and a bunch of sharks. <laughs> I'm like, fuck, right. metal as shit. <laughs> Kidnaps like a congressman. Yeah. Um, but then, yeah, there's the strange part where uh, Superman shows up and like basically arrests Ted Cord, and Harley even calls it out. Like, Because I, I, at first I was like, really? Is this how they're going to end this? I know. Like, what, did they run out of issues? Right. Um, <laughs> Got to wrap it up quick. Because even Harley was like, this is really anticlimactic. We were coming up here for, for the big fight. Like, we were going to fight the Blue Beetle. Yep. Um, and even the cover shows them, like, fighting Blue Beetle. I know. Um, <laughs> I hate when they do that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, we never even get the Blue Beetle costume in this. Oh, no. Like, not even, no. The only time we see the actual... Uh, Blue Beetle is him just like handcuffed and gag tied. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's a it's a very strange interaction. And this part, 
Um, I, I wish I could have, like, I would have probably caught on to this sooner, but just because of the things we mentioned with, like, Tom Taylor's kind of, like, writing style is, like, I was initially vi- rolling my eyes so hard at this part. <laughs> yeah. Because Superman shows up and he's like, it's okay, it's over. I saved the day. Uh, I'm a, and he even calls out, he's like, I'm a big fan of justice. Like, this is really lame. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's just a weird, like, pastiche, like, kind of mishmash version of Superman, like, one-offs. Right. And, and he's it, just, like, kind of going through this, and then it, it's kind of sly how Deadshot works through this, because he ends up getting him to reveal himself. Yep, totally. Um, <laughs> just the way he talks here. He's like, uh, talking to Deadshot, he's like, you, you did good, you atoned, you and Tax, Task Force X helped people, even if it didn't feel like it. And while I don't approve of your message, you were clearly a good soldier for a great country. <laughs> so it's like, and like, like, like we talked about, this is not Superman. This is Black Mask. Yeah, yeah. So it makes complete sense. Yeah. But when I was, I was not trusting it when I was reading it. <laughs> um, but the way he catches on is clever. He asks for an autograph for his daughter. Yeah. And uh, he signs it like to his daughter, like writing down. Um, to Zoe. Yeah, to Zoe. He's like, I never told you my daughter's name. Yep. Um, and so then it read, instantly right then, uh, Sion shoots him in the chest. And then we get the reveal, like it's Black Mask, which comes out of nowhere. We we that character had yeah been hadn't nowhere. even been mentioned, yeah. yeah. Um, but it works. It's a Batman villain. Everyone yeah. knows who he is. Yeah. Oh yeah. And uh, literally shoots him in the chest, and then shoots him in the head, and he falls uh, off the building. So you're yep. like, well, rip. Yeah, he's dead. Oh yeah, and Blue Beetle actually gets knocked out at the same time. Did they ever show what happened to him? Uh yeah, they both get caught by the Eerie. Oh okay, but yeah, the bull in the head did it. Right. <laughs> Because that's one of the that's how the next issue opens up with this really cool artwork of like the in the background yeah, yeah. is like the full tower of of cord tower and then like we just get the panels of them like saving them. Yep. Um, but yeah, it's basically it's revealed that uh, TNT had a, a sister as well, um, and that's who Sionis still has them prisoner, mm-hmm. um, and it's basically going to use them as a bomb. Uh, which, yeah, because he, he he's gonna bomb that country of uh, the Aried and like the one that her mom's the president of, and he's gonna blow up the country to get rid of the land, and then the oil will be there to farm, I guess. Yeah, that's the plan. I, all right. <laughs> yeah, there's like a cool subtle moment after uh, Deadshot dies where like Harley takes the the Deadshot mask and wears it like for the next fight. Oh yeah, that's that's pretty <laughs> like, cool. It, they I don't like really that. like call it out, but it's kind of subtle, but it's a cool moment. Oh yeah, for sure. There's a really, really random part. I don't know what compelled him to put this scene in here, where where Jog like wakes up in the morgue because like he has a healing factor. And, oh it, yeah, <laughs> it had been established. Yeah. And do you have we talked about the Black Racer before? Do you know who that character is? I know the name. Don't. It's Fourth World stuff. Yeah, because I think that came up uh, in either like a Swamp Thing or, or it, maybe Final Crisis as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, because he's definitely in Final Crisis. Okay. Yeah, uh, no, we've definitely talked about because Black Racer is basically the Grim Reaper of the 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 last world universe the jack kirby like you know uh, dark side stuff yep um and he he's the he's the silver surfer basically but the grim reaper he rides around on skis and collects his, his dark <laughs> souls hey i kind of love it. it it's 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 hokey he, he doesn't surf he skis yeah yeah it's different <laughs> it's different damn it <laughs> uh, but yeah it's so yeah random. he ends up being jog's dad yeah and it's it, it's so out of nowhere i'm like what the fuck <laughs> The Black Racer, really? You're gonna tie that in and never? And that's the last time he's brought up. Yeah, because he's literally like, "Oh, well, now you know your true potential." It's like, "Now come with me to the land of ether." He's like, "Nah, I got stuff to do." Well, because I think he's offering to make him the new Black Racer. 
Because yeah. like the Black like, Ranger is usually a human who like becomes this entity. Okay. It's usually like a cycle. Gotcha. Um, and so I think that's what this is supposed to set up. I think maybe uh, he was trying to like hoping this would set up into something bigger in like a later book. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. But it's very random. Because <laughs> just to get him back, he's like, I'm back, friends. I'm yeah. Like, okay, we got there. I'm fine with it because I like Jog, so we'll yep. keep him. So that's great. Yeah, why not? Um, but this is where it gets extra weird because they fucking... Uh, they're about to kill Sionis and, uh, you know, finally get, get their revenge. And that's when the Justice League shows up. And they're like, no, you can't kill Black Mask. We're here to save the day. I guess. <laughs> it's like, wait, what the hell are you guys even doing here? <laughs> Don't, I'm sure there's like a million crises happening. You're here to stop this? Yeah, really? and this implies that you have been like trailing us or keeping like tabs on us and could have stepped in way earlier. Do you want to stop any of these other missions we're being forced <laughs> to do with brain bombs in our head or is that okay with you? Right. Like it, it's just very out of left field. That's This is what I mean when you establish it the Superman or not the Superman. Like, <laughs> the fuck. When the Justice League knows about uh, the Suicide Squad that's a very problematic like, conclusion that they I'm drawing. They explicitly say it like at least twice throughout these 11 yeah, and, issues. And there's just sitting here like talking to these people and it's like well I guess you two are free but this next Suicide Squad, I guess they're fucked. Yeah. See ya. <laughs> yeah. And then the Suicide or uh, the Justice League wants to arrest everyone, and then the Ares mom, like the president of like the land, they just say they're like, "Yeah, like I'm not allowing that. Like you can't take them." And Batman's oh, yeah. like, "Well, you're a big meanie." <laughs> I forgot the Justice League wanted to bring them in. What yeah. The fuck? They just like, "Oh, we're arresting you now." It's like, what the fuck are you doing? Oh goodness. <laughs> Yeah, so I just switched. Which- I mean, I guess in the one, the one good way I could take it is just to like, maybe if he's just kind of like lampooning like how ridiculous that sentiment is that like the Justice League should not be allowing this to happen. And like, this is how goofy this could potentially. But this look. is the last issue. I know it, it <laughs> seems like it's a big fumble. Like maybe yeah. he was going for something like kind of uh maybe if there was a longer book i don't but that's the thing is i don't know if i want to give him the benefit of the doubt because i had these exact same complaints about when i was reading x-men red yeah which is another book that he writes where it's like they're going around doing these revolutionary things that are not that revolutionary (laughs) and then at the end it's like well we did our best the world may never like us but that's okay i'm like what (laughs) (laughs) yeah because if like another arc of this started where it also, like, crosses over with Justice League stuff where you see, like, why the Justice League wasn't stopping this earlier, like, why they haven't done anything about this, like, and expand on that. But, yeah, at this at face value, it's very ridiculous. So, at the end, it seems like they're setting up for a book called The Revolutionaries, which I don't know if ever I don't happened. think that's a thing. I don't think that book ever got made, which is unfortunate. But, yeah. I mean, honestly, if it, that book does get made, it should be written by someone who's not Tom Taylor. That book should be written by someone who's not, like, a straight white man. Like, yeah. Or someone, yeah, that just, like, super cookie cutter. Yeah. Yeah, it, that, that it's that's part of the problem, um, but that is the Suicide Squad book. I I'd say I'd give it like a solid like five out of ten. Uh, the art is close to like a ten out of ten though. Oh, definitely, yeah. Like the, I for don't want to uh, because of the art for me. I'd say it it probably evens out to like a six maybe. That's true. I might, but that's not an accurate score of the book as a whole. I'd say yeah. I, I should grade them separately. Writing would be I would say four out of ten or yeah, like nine. five out of ten. Yeah, it's in there. Yeah, somewhere. Um, <laughs> I would say art, though, close to a 10 out of 10. Bruno Redondo is a name I'm going to remember. Yeah, it's at because, least a 9.5. I'm going to look up other books that he's done, because this was very, very good. Yeah, and, it, and the it colors stood well, out. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. So, um, if, if anything, uh, if that's the conclusion we draw is, holy shit, that was some really fucking cool art. Um, that is going to be my thesis on that book. Yeah, so I mean, it wasn't a total loss. It, exactly, and then some. And we've had a couple books like that recently where we finally gotten a lot of ones where it's like this art was great. Yeah, this 
Someone else should have written it, but this was awesome. <laughs> that, have we had uh, one where the story was great, but the art was not great? Oh yeah, uh, I know. But like, I know I've had some that are kind of in the middle, but like a drastic one, like oh, that. like one where the art was really bad, where it's just garbage, but the story um, was good. Not that I can think I, of. I think well, there's been a lot of art that we're not a fan of, but yeah, true. But it isn't like outrageously not, not bad. any where we're like dunking on it. Yeah. True, yeah. I mean, it, it's hard to like. There's hard to. It's hard to have art that's that bad unless it's like modern Frank Miller art. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> if you ever want to uh, talk some shit about art, we can read Superman Year One. Oh he boy, he fucks a mermaid in that book. <laughs> <laughs> Frank Mil- modern Frank Miller is a strange, a strange thing. Yeah, that sounds very interesting. He somehow is still getting work despite all the wildly racist <laughs> books he's made. I no. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, next, uh, uh, to close out the podcast here, we're going to be talking about the recent movie, uh, The Suicide Squad, directed by James Gunn, written by James Gunn, and I think maybe some other people. I don't have the whole creative team up. I, I rarely do that for movies because there's too many people. Yeah. Um, but a pretty cool cast uh, of new characters that we get introduced to. Um, this movie, I think, worked I mean, it's it's obviously better than the other Suicide Squad movie. I don't think that really needs to be said. Yeah, because it wasn't just a compilation of different music videos, oh, and right. of random shit, and, and turning yeah. them into like a certified like superhero team, sa- like saving the world. And I don't think an, any kind of air cut is going to save that either. Because I no. I can't tell what kind of point that movie could have possible what that movie could have possibly ended up being with the stuff they had on there. It was very clearly just <laughs> send in the team into zombie land and have them fight a big witch. That's yeah. basically what it was. Pretty much, yeah. Um, like It didn't really have a point. It was no. just meant to be like cool. Yeah, exactly. It was like, oh, look how edgy yeah. and cool looking this is. Yeah, it wasn't going to cross hearts and minds. But um, <laughs> initially, the the thing that made this, like, I, I've thought about this movie, like, since watching it, and I watched it twice, like, on purpose, because, like, it actually has, like, s- like some good... Um, like it has like an actual theme and like an actual point. Like it yeah. seems like it has something to say. Yeah. As well as also being like a really fun, just like insane, like romp, like through the whole thing. Um, because it has uh this kind of tone to it where like my my the best thing I think uh, the thing that stuck out to me is like the movie never loses sight of who the real bad guy is. Yeah. Um, because the bad guy in the movie is technically like these like um these people who have taken over this South American like uh you know violent takeover. Of yeah, it's a military coup. Technically, on paper, that's the villain, but the way it's played out the whole time, it's very clearly like Amanda Waller and like the U.S. government who yep. have like caused all every problem that we see here. Yep. Because even the people who are like causing the problems like on this island were installed by the U.S. government in a way, yeah, yeah, which is just typical. To, um, yeah, and mainly to look over this secret project that they had, uh, right, with the Starro, Starro thing. and everything. Yeah. Um, so it's a really co- cool way they write that, where um, as they're going in, like these are not superheroes going in. One scene that really gets that uh, that point across is where they go across doing all these like really hyper violent, like really cool looking, like stealthy kills, like yeah. as a team. Like Deadshot and Peacemaker are going through like you know competing, for, <laughs> see yeah. how many people they can kill in the coolest way. Yep. Um, and then at the end, we get there and we find out that these are actually the revolutionaries. These are all good guys who <laughs> yeah. have, like they've just killed without even thinking about it. <laughs> um, that so was we, pretty good. So even that part, it's like, uh, yeah, we just murdered everyone (laughs) sorry um so it it has a really cool interaction in in that way where it's not just like a bunch of superheroes who are locked up you know here in going on these missions to fight other other superheroes like they're doing really shitty fucked up stuff yep um which i think is uh, an important thing to remember with the suicide squad a couple things i want to call out as well is i really like the fact that they used a bunch of no-name characters 
uh, in this movie, I think that worked out really well. As, uh, like not going in with a lot of big DC characters, like as the main core, like uh, just the all the, around, like I a mean, lot of the early like deaths. Harley Quinn and I and King Shark really are the only two like characters that I would say anyone would really know. Yeah, that's true. Like even like uh, us being like comic book fans, like there's a couple in here that we we recognize. Savant, we've talked about Savant, him yeah. in the Birds of Prey book. Yeah, dude. I as soon as as soon as I saw Michael Rooker, I was like, hell yeah, dude. Yep, Michael Rooker <laughs> playing Savant. I was like, really? That's that's interesting. Right. And, like they played him up initially to be like a big part of the team, but that's that's the the bit is like, you know, he's dead. I saw someone talking about how because I like that opening scene with him in like prison when he's throwing the ball and he hits that bird and it's like, oh, is that like a Black Canary reference? Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, ah, maybe. It could be because at the end, like the bird is like eating his body. Yeah, could be, could be. And then I, I, there's a couple of the characters who uh, who did uh, who were familiar. Mongal is the sister of Mongol. Um, yep. I don't know if you know that. Recognize that character? It's a DC big punchy kind yeah, of. Yeah, definitely know the guy. name. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, uh, Bloodsport is a Superman villain. He's most famous for shooting Superman with a kryptonite bullet, which they reference. Yeah, in, they in incorporate the movie. that. Yeah. Um, yeah, Idris Elba was pretty good. Oh yeah, Idris Elba was great. Uh, John Cena was surprisingly uh, one of my favorite characters, and like Peacemaker was one of my yeah, favorite definitely. characters because the way that they played it, having him be like that, like unflinching, like pretty much bad guy by the end. Oh yeah, was a very like I was like, oh, this is interesting. I didn't think they would have the balls to like do this. Yeah, like, have this be the conflict. Definitely, yeah. Um, so that that's what ended up being like. Uh, Peacemaker was one of the characters that thought added the most to this movie for that reason. Yeah, some of the best one liners too. Are just like his over the top, like and like ironic patriotism. Oh yeah, for, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, like his, uh, I think John Cena himself described the character as basically like douchebag Captain America. Yeah, which is perfect. <laughs> it's pretty spot on. Because uh, Peacemaker, I, if I if I'm uh, not mistaken here, was actually a. DC character meant to be kind of like a parody of Captain America. Oh, really? It was like not even like... Uh, they like kind of making fun of it. They do that a lot of times with Marvel and DC to each yeah, other. Yeah. They'll have like, I'm Wonder Gal. Yeah, yeah. Like very clearly Wonder <laughs> Woman, yeah. Yep. Or like, I'm the Fantastic Five. Yeah. <laughs> like, and very tongue-in-cheek. Yep. Uh, but Peacemaker was one that actually like caught on and like had a bunch of comics. Okay. Um, usually unironic though. Like this movie, like, that's why I was so surprised the way they played Peacemaker because I was like, that's a great use of that character. Yeah. Because Peacemaker it's- is usually played unironically. It's just like this beacon of freedom. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Just kind of naive, for, like freedom fighter. Right. So this is like uh, a really good way to like call out the hypocrisy of that. Yeah, and like and to know that like he. Or at least because the, the way he played it made it, it made it seem a lot more that like he's less of like uh, being naive and kind of just like uh, like willfully ignorant and just kind of like enjoying like aspects of it at the same time. That, that's there's a really good line that's at first played off kind of like a cheap like kind of just like uh, kind of juvenile kind of James Gunny joke where they're yeah. walking through the jungle and um, and Bloodsport tells him to eat a bag of dicks. And um, <laughs> and there's a really great interaction where Peacemaker has this uh, the, the joke I'm talking about where he's like, if there were dicks all over the beach, I would eat them all for freedom if that's what it required. <laughs> yeah. And then Bloodsport has a great line. He's like, you know what? I think you'll do anything if freedom's your excuse. If you can just you know call it that, kill people, eat a beach of dicks, whatever you want. Like, yep. as long as it's in the name of freedom, you can do what you like. Yeah, exactly. Like, that's a great line. <laughs> right. So I think like right there, I was sold. I was like, ooh, okay. Yeah, like it actually had some meat. Yeah. Um. And, like, they had him be that douchebag Captain America, but also still be, like, a wildly entertaining character. It was a very good acting by oh, John Cena sure, to, like, yeah. pull that off. Definitely, yeah. yeah. 
I do also want to call out um, Ratcatcher in this movie as well. Oh, yeah. Who uh, was kind of like the heart of the movie. Like, surprisingly, I was not seeing that coming. There's a part well, of- well, once you made, uh, showed who, who her dad was, it just made it that much oh, better. Oh, of course, yeah. <laughs> Taika Waititi making yeah. that cameo. Right. Um, but it is a really great part where, like, uh, you know, she controls these rats, and she's, like, you know, the one who's, like, always trusting people and, like, reaching out to them emotionally. Mm. Um, and, it, like, her dad's, like, rats are the lowliest of all creatures. We all have purpose. And, yep. like, as the rat army swarming in, I was like, ah, oh, my heart. <laughs> right. Yeah. So that was really great. And then King Shark is obviously just here for laughs, but... Pulls off, pulls it off very good. Oh yeah. Um, I didn't even realize that was Sylvester Stallone until the end of the movie. <laughs> oh really? Yeah, that's <laughs> hilarious. When I found out. Yeah, I mean, he really only has probably like eight or nine like lines nom of dialogue, nom. but yeah, yeah, they're usually nom nom. <laughs> um, so yeah, they, they picked some uh, great like they had great ways to characterize these minor characters and like having Peacemaker show up like in his classic costume, like the way he's dressed and like having oh yeah the way they adapted Bloodsport is pretty clever too because the way uh, his powers work in the comic is he can like basically magically manifest weapons like he can create them out of thin air okay so like the way he kind of like creates weapons using gadgets in this movie is a yeah. reference to that yeah um, there was a cool like kind of twist on that yeah so i thought that was pretty cool um except when it gets to the point where it's like oh no i'm out of what's your jigs <laughs> he's like grabbing his chest yeah, yeah. i'm out of toys and the way they used Harley Quinn in this movie, I thought was um, clever as well, because she's not really here to. I think I remember reading a uh, an interview with uh, Margot Robbie like about this, where she talked about how like uh, it works best a lot of times in these team movies, especially where uh, Harley's not the one like driving the plot. Yeah, she's more just like there reacting to it and like getting like in adventures with the other things yeah. going on. Yeah, um, which they. Pretty much did very well in this movie. Yeah, I'm um, having sure. her kind of just like be this kind of like side story going along with it and reacting to the things the other characters drove forward. Yeah, it was a little weird because <laughs> like that whole sequence just kind of jumped out of nowhere. Oh, the sequence where she's like falling in love with like that one guy. Yeah, because like that was a little strange. Yeah, because like uh, she the just like was great, but it took oh, yeah. so long to get there. I know because yeah. it's literally like a 15, almost 20 minute sequence <clears throat> where like she thinks she's being arrested and like tied up, and then all of a sudden she's being like put in a dress and taken to this mansion and being like wooed by this uh like. Uh, sit-in president it's just like what's happening and like it, it all happens like it's all like with a straight face per- oh yeah pretty much and, like, like I- this dude unironically is like no you would make a great wife my people would love you because of your anti-american fervor i was like what the fuck <laughs> yeah and, like 10 minutes into it i was like okay what are the chances that this is just going to be like a delusion that she's going to wake up out of in like any minute but it ended up being real and i'm like or that like, he's right. lying to her to like get yeah. her to be a double agent or something yep. i thought that's where they were going yeah but like he just unironically is like this is a great plan i'm like why does anyone <laughs> Here, give a shit about Harley Quinn. <laughs> right? How does anyone even know who she is? It's like I'm a big fan. It's like, wait, why? <laughs> like, I don't even know. Like, it's not like she's a movie star. She's like a criminal in another country, all the way across the world. <laughs> yeah. Gets the shit. Yeah, it's it comes out a little jarring, but yeah, it ends up being kind of funny. The, way, the reason why I don't care is because they have a good ending for yeah. it. It takes a while to get there. On the rewatch, I, especially, I was like, this is pointless. Yeah, this needs to this move here. along. Yeah, <laughs> um, but like, it's it has a funny payoff where like he's talking about like, no, I'm gonna. I'll have to, no matter how many people I kill, like even if it's women and children, whatever it takes. Yeah. And Harley immediately shoots him. <laughs> yeah. Like, no is, more red flags. It's kind of funny. Yeah. I was like, that. that's great. And then it's a great action sequence of her kind of like getting away. Yep. Yeah. Um, cool fight scene. 
Um, so that, it, it all pays off in the end, and like it is a very, it's like the only sequence where I was like, this could have been edited. Yeah, out. that was the one time in the movie where I was like, I this don't, this doesn't need to be happening in this long. And there's a couple weird parts where it's like focused on like these like uh, army generals who very clearly aren't meant to be important for the plot. Definitely not. Like those could have been edited out. Yeah, for where sure. It's like he's burning <laughs> the birds. So I was like, why do we see this? <laughs> yeah, it's like I don't need to like know like that this much weird stuff about this guy that's gonna be dead. In he was minutes. a great leader, but he was too soft. I was like, I don't give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone who has birds isn't fit to lead. <laughs> and it, it it has a very uh very clear, like easy kind of progression of the plot. It's a very point A to point B. The movie yeah. is basically them landing on the beach, we have to get to this facility and blow it up. It's yeah. very like clear where they're going the whole time, but it works out. And the the whole final sequence is great too, with like the Star O reveal and like all the stuff they do with him. Oh yeah, uh, and the final confrontation is really great too. Uh, and and even like I said, one thing uh, they have a good line at the end where they after they kill Star O, Star O has a line where he's like, "I w- I was happy like you know living amongst the stars. Like, yeah, I, I didn't want to end up fucking here. Yeah, like I didn't choose yeah. to be here. You guys fucking brought me. Yep. So yeah. like the movie, like I said, it never loses sight of who the actual bad guy was. Which yep. is, it wasn't you know the, you know the stuff happening in this country was all the result of the United States government meddling and shit. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it wasn't Starro. It wasn't, uh, you know, the people in the Suicide Squad. It was, you know, the governments the, with these fucking, like, organizations, you know, yeah. influencing shit all over the world. People who started this mess. Right, exactly. Because uh, they were the ones who were responsible for Project Starfish as well, which yep. we find out. <laughs> yeah. Which leads us to, like, the best part in the movie, which is... Um, uh, the confrontation between like Rick Flag, Peacemaker, and oh, uh, Ratcatcher, right, right. yeah, which was definitely the best sequence where they split the teams. Yeah, for sure. Um, like Bloodsport, Harley, and King Shark are like up top, and Polka Dot Man are up top doing their thing, planting the bombs, and then um and Peacemaker, but he leaves uh, early because he has he was given his own mission by Waller. Yeah, because they actually do a pretty good job of uh like mi- giving a lot of weight to that uh, Peacemaker Fla- Rick Flag showdown. Yeah, with, like fighting over the hard. Drive. I didn't think I would. I didn't think I would give any. F- kind of a shit about Rick Flag. <laughs> right? Like, throughout most of the movie, I was like, you know what, they, they I think they realize, like, he's just a fine character. He's not driving too much forward, but I get kind of like... He can hang inter- around. Entertaining enough, yeah. yeah. Um, but the way they did it at the end, I was like, okay, like, this is a, a great role for him to play. Oh, yeah. Where he's, like, initially... In, 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 instantly, he's like, no, I'm gonna tell the world about this. I'm sick of being a pawn. Like, I'm sick... Because him especially, he's sent on all these... He's not a prisoner. Yeah, he's not... He doesn't owe a debt. Yeah, right. This is his just he, job. This is just his job. So he's like, <laughs> I'm sick of this shit. Yeah. Like, no, I quit, and I'm t- telling everyone about this yep um and that's when we find out that peacemaker was actually amanda waller's personal mole yeah. on the team um which makes sense because he, he for him it's like government above all like like he, he's probably like proud to be on the suicide squad even though oh, he yeah. is a prisoner yeah exactly um, <laughs> so like, well i'm a prisoner but like they they like me a lot right <laughs> they'll they'll realize i'm a beacon of freedom yeah I'll, I'll i'll make it up to them in their eyes yeah um, and so he puts a gun on Rick Flag, and he and like there's some really great dialogue where he's like, I like I, I respect your service record, soldier. You're, you're a goddamn hero. Don't make me kill you. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, it's a confrontation because he's not afraid to like kill for the job. That's the whole. That's the whole bit throughout the whole movie. Yeah. There's some hilarious parts with, with that too. Once they establish that, because when the part when they're trying to break it, uh, break out Harley. Oh yeah, like, yeah. They're all getting ready. <laughs> they have they have peacemaker in the tower, and he just sees this random ass woman in a hotel room. He's like, I got eyes on the only person in the building. <laughs> <laughs> I got I got the shot. <laughs> they want me to take it? Like we don't even know who that woman is. <laughs> yeah, the, there's a lot of great moments like that. Um, yeah, this like, the way they play. I was, I was. That's how you do the suicide. See, that's how I hope the show is going to be too. Just like tongue in cheek. It must be because James Gunn wrote the show too. Okay, that That was something he wrote during COVID. He he just went to HBO with these ten episodes and was like, "Can we make this?" Okay. So that that's gonna be that's gonna be pretty much an extension of this movie. Okay, cool. Um, 
but yeah, I, like the that, that's why uh, I, I'm going on and on about Peacemaker just because that's like the mo- the part that stuck with me the most. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, that's what that brings us into that confrontation where he kills uh, Rick Flag, and yep. that, that that was played out very well. And then Ratcatcher gets the thing and runs off. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then that, this is where splitting the teams was a very cool, just like logistic decision for the writing of this. Yeah, because the way that this happens is hilarious, but also like. Uh, hilarious and epic, like epic at the same time, because uh, Bloodsport falls down like through the tower, and then that's where the two timelines converge. It's a very like kind of like Tarantino style like storytelling with time, yeah, like, yeah. A Pulp Fiction kind of like reveal of oh shit, this is where they are together. Yeah, all point. paths lead to the same. Yeah, it's very very cool. Um. Yeah, and because during the Rick Flag and the Peacemaker fight, I, I was like, "Well, I mean, Peacemaker's got a show, so we all know Rick Flag's about to die." Yep. And then, and then, and then later in that scene with uh, Bloodsport and Peacemaker, like it, you think he kills Peacemaker, but then of course that end credit scene is like him in the hospital bed. It's like, oh, like, you he can't can, kill him. Yeah. You can't kill him. So yeah, it's that it sets happened. it up. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, and then they have the, uh, it's a, it's a very simple, very easy kind of way to end it, but it works out very well. Cause it's like the monsters destroying the town and Waller's like, well, we don't actually give a shit about the people. Like yeah, we were just, just here, get out of there. We were just here to stop them from being able to control the alien. If it's, yep. if they don't control it, we don't care. Yeah. They can destroy so, that island. So you guys can come home. And like initially they're like, oh, okay. All right. Um, uh, but then they have the hero moment where it's like, nah, fuck it. We got to save the day. Like these people are going to be fucking killed. Oh Yeah. Um, which is a great way to do it, and then Waller gets knocked out by the people in the office. Which, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm, it was a, a nice surprise because it literally was shocking. I was not expecting. Oh that. yeah, definitely. Only because I d- I'm not buying. I'm that. not buying it. No, because <laughs> all those people would be dead. And it was like a kind of established that they were all pieces of shit in the beginning. They were yeah. all placing money on whose yeah, head they had, was going to blow up. Yeah, they had like Deadpool's. Yeah. What. No, there's no way. Uh, yeah, there's I don't no know. way these people are like, this is the moment where my heart warms. <laughs> but like, I care so much my about these people. My heart grew three sizes this day. <laughs> I don't think so. I'm going to risk my life and Amanda Waller probably killing exactly, me. Exactly, because if that happened, like they'd all be dead yeah, once you, just, you woke up. Yeah, Amanda Waller would just disappear you. Yeah, yeah exactly. There's no way. <laughs> like, it was a cool like kind of moment, it was, it, but... Yeah, it was, because it was the, literally the only way it would be possible. Oh, yeah, they'd all be dead if It's that the only happen. way to explain it, so yep. it's uh, fine. Yeah, but, whatever. I'm not buying it. We'll have fun with it. Yeah. Um, but it, it gives us the big superhero fight, which is, which is good. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, we didn't really talk about Polka Dot Man. Oh, yeah. yeah. Polka Dot Man is kind of played for laughs a little bit. I wish they would give, would have given him more screen time. Yeah, there's the a little underutilized. they have for him, like, when they actually do take him seriously, it's a, 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 a pretty good character. Oh, yeah, for sure. But, like, a lot of times they do kind of just play him as this weird guy, and then in the end he just gets squished. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like uh, they he put together a very good performance, but I feel like they... They might have left some stuff on the editing room floor with that yeah, character. Probably, yeah. Um, so I'd be interested to see what else we had there. Um, but it, it, it was a, a, a good addition to the team. I'll, I'll definitely give them that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like the ones that stuck with me the most were uh, Peace, uh, or Ratcatcher and uh, Peacemaker, and then Bloodsport definitely as well. Idris Elba is good and everything. Oh yeah. Um, I think those were the ones that stuck out to me the most. Yeah, because uh, what's the rat? Her main rat's name, Sebastian. Sebastian. Yeah, oh, Sebastian was, was the, the best, best. <laughs> when he's swimming through like Starro's eye. Um, but yeah, Sebastian was was a little chum. I loved him. Oh yeah. And they they even end the movie with like because uh, they had a, a pretty good tie in with uh, Bloodsport, like having this fear of rats. Yeah, at first it was kind of cheesy, but then it it had a had a good payoff. It had a good character moment. Like that scene where they're on the bus is very good. Oh um, yeah, it slows for sure. the movie down for just enough. Yeah, and they don't give like that much time to every character, but the little moments tell you enough. Mm-hmm. Um, because like a rat catcher goes over like her whole story, which is like told very much like out, very out in the open. But we only get like a couple stories with the other 
other characters. Yeah. Like, Bloodsport just tells the one story of him like being locked up by his dad. Like his dad was like trying to make him into this badass fighter. Yeah. And like he was like being weak, so he locked him in this box for like overnight. And yeah, like, with a bunch of rats. Yeah. Um. And like so, they, we just get that one story, and that's all he tells us. But it does give us like enough of character building. Yeah. And even when he's telling that story, they have a really good shot where it's like he tells the story. It's my old man when I when I didn't do the job right, he he beat me. And they cut to Peacemaker, and he just has this little like laugh, just like just nods his head. He doesn't even say a word, but you get the the idea like oh he probably went through the same thing. Yeah, yeah. It's like I understand that. Like yep. old man beating the shit out of you. <laughs> I um, miss my dad. <laughs> so that, that that scene was really good. I thought they that was really well directed and like subtle uh, character building. Yeah, yeah, that was like one of the biggest moments where they they like actually slowed everything down just to like hash things out for a second. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, what I was saying before, yeah, it, it does end with him like Sebastian curling up on Bloodsport's leg, and he just gives him the little All scratches. Right. <laughs> Amazing. Why could they just have used a real rat for that scene? Though they do, they used a real rat for a lot of it, actually. Okay, there's a lot of, of shots on set of like um, the actress like with the rat on her shoulder. Okay, because yeah, because like, I guess lo- I did love that scene at the end, but the CGI mouse did look a little weird, like reacting to like Idris Elba's hand. Well, but, yeah, because I mean, yeah. mice aren't dogs. There's only so much you can have them do. Like, you can't have one curl up and like be a little. There are chum. there are some pet rats that people could train like to do tricks and well, shit. Maybe there are yeah. some good pet rats. Because I, I feel like they had a rat on set. I feel like they would have at least tried that first. Maybe they did. I don't yeah, know. I, mean, I don't know. Who knows? Because yeah, like even in the Harry Potter movies, there was like they used real rats for scenes and shit. Do rats purr like that though? I don't think you're gonna get. I mean, get they that make, reaction. I mean, you could add in the audio later. <laughs> I, I think it was very clearly like doing little cat motions. I guess yeah, <laughs> the nesting. I don't know. I need, I'm gonna need you to adopt a mouse and prove this thing. <laughs> Honestly, I would, but probably not. They are cuter than people give them credit for. Oh no, they are way better pets than most people imagine. Yeah, I, I've had a couple friends way back in the day that had pet rats that were awesome. Um, yeah, so I, I wish I, I know Peacemaker is the one that got the show, but I really hope that these characters do like get used again. Yeah, although for it, sure. it, it could also be cool to have the next movie be like all new characters, like a whole it. new one off. Yeah, that could maybe be the way to go too. I don't know for sure. Um, but I mean, like they, they built up like maybe they the, what they built up is enough, like the subtle kind of just little bits of character building. Yeah. Um. Because, I mean, like I said, they didn't tell us a lot, but it gave us enough to give a shit about the characters. <laughs> uh, would you want James Gunn to, d- to do, if they did do another Suicide Squad, would you want James Gunn to do it or someone new? Uh, good question. I, I don't Cause, know. Because <laughs> I saw uh, someone had a cool tweet that was like, it's like, okay, it's official now. Every like good director has to do their own Suicide Squad to determine who's the best. <laughs> <laughs> that so would like, be pretty cool. Yeah, so now Zack Snyder's got to do one, and then you could throw in whoever else oh, I don't you want. Oh, I don't want to see the Zack Snyder one. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that's basically already the Justice League. I, I've gotten enough hours of Zack Snyder DC movies. Let, let's put it in new hands. Oh, yeah, that wasn't yeah. my first choice. That was just, oh, right. of course, the the main, the leading oh, uh, yeah. choice but on the internet. It'd be cool to have like a rotating set of directors, yeah. Yeah, I mean, dope. it'd be cool to get some other stuff, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, we'll have to see where they go with that. I have no idea, but it was cool that this movie got to be made. Uh, yeah. It was, it was a fun time. It was. It was a good fucking time. Uh, they killed Captain Boomerang. Yeah, they killed him I, real I quick. I didn't really care, but I was surprised they did it. Oh, yeah. Shout out to Nathan Fillion, too. The TDK was hilarious. Oh, right. for like the five minutes he's in. That was, that was a pretty good payoff. <laughs> that was hilarious. I didn't even realize I was Nathan Fillion the first time. I was like, holy shit, because he's wearing like the mask. And uh, Sean Gunn played the Calendar Man for like one line. And Weasel. He did the mocap yeah, for that. Yeah. I just love that Calendar Man's one line in all of DC like live action continuity. He's like, uh, I forgot what he even said. He's like, you fucking suck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, something along those lines. I was like, oh, it's the Calendar Man. All right. You fucking suck. Uh, Merry Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, but yes, that is it for our Suicide Squad coverage. I can't believe we did Suicide Squad twice. I, I didn't know think that. this would be a thing we did twice, but we did. I mean, we've done. Maybe we'll do it again. We've done some things three times. That's right. Maybe maybe we'll do it again. We'll yeah, see if they knows? ever do this again. I, I know we're that not doing that. cut. Uh, <laughs> That's what no, we all want. No, I don't want to. <laughs> I can't believe we even came back into the Snyder cut. I know. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we're not. Well, doing... at least we didn't have to do the Whedon cut. But the thing about the air cut, though, is I got to watch more scenes with Jared Leto Joker. And exactly. I'm, I'm just straight up not going to do that. See, I so. saw something online. I hope to God it was just like fake, but it was supposedly a leaked part of a script from like. Uh, like Ayer's original cut between the Joker and Harley of like a flashback to when they first met, and it was the worst thing I've ever read Ew. in my life. I don't know if it was real or not, but if it, it was, that's is. hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I don't need to see that. I don't need to see Jared Leto in anything really, no, for the rest of never. my life, so I'm good. <laughs> um, but... Again, I don't know what we're doing for our next episode. If you want to find out early, you can follow us on Twitter over at Agents of Podcast. I'll announce it there as soon as we do know. Or, again, if you have a suggestion, that is also the place to hit me up and tell me what the fuck we should do because we're aimless in our lives and we can't make choices. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, but that is it for today. Uh, go home. Um, tell, Go hug your puppies and your kitties and tell them that they're good boys. Or and, your and rats. Girls. Or your rats. <laughs> can't leave the rats out if we've learned anything today. Oh, yeah. The rats are good chums as well. Gotta respect the rats. That's right. So, respect your rats. Goodbye. See you later.